Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show, where we were joined by author and journalist Harry Pearson. Yeah, who's gone doing? back a pilgrimage back to the far flung corners of northeast football uh, in the farther corner. He was on great form with some good stories. Um, we also uh, chatted. Who else to be chat to today? <laughs> it's a good it's, question. It's, it's all, of course, Bill Rice is all a bit of a blur. I do apologise, <laughs> Bill Rice, who uh, is the man behind uh, Steve Bruce Weddings, yes, which has become a very popular. Um, Twitter feed and he's even opened a Steve Bruce wedding shop I know I know it's hard to believe it's mad uh, we had a bit of a chat about various things oh yeah so we I did. think that'll yeah. do you for now here it all is good afternoon everyone good afternoon Andy good afternoon Paul of course we'll discuss the thought point we're going to discuss the situation with the crowd last night the racial racist situation but anyone who's just watched Baptiste on BBC One would not be surprised by that element in the crowd right. it's all about right wing in Hungary and fascists and oh, okay. you know and the tea, I looked up the T-shirt. The t- that T-shirt they were wearing says Hungarian Hungary, which sort of kind of says it all. Do you know what I mean? It's really yeah. Well, you see, the Hungarian FA have uh, answered it and said they will identify the minority of fans in that section yeah. who cause the problems, and they'll be punished. They have you said. know, we're not without blame either. So you know, there's no, no point taking too much moral high ground. But it was pretty poor. It was, but the yeah. team were great, and that was the they moment. were. Yeah, what a fine performance. Mm. I mean, you kind of. Felt that if they stuck at it, they could find a goal in the second half. I don't think any of us expected them to, to get four. I mean, I really felt yesterday it was going to be a 1 0 2 1 game. The way they'd looked in the yeah. Euros, hungry, but I mean, it was, I mean, it could have been seven. 0 0. You never thought at half time that it was going to be 4 0. You could see the ring rust on Harry Kane a yeah. couple of times. Really. A great diving header and a great photo by old mate Dickie Pelham yeah. in the sun today. Just caught him. It's one of those that you, the player himself had that on his wall. It was a perfect illustration of a diving header. Well, look, Talking to the snappers, Andy, I don't know if you yeah. know, Eddie Keir is uh, the England official uh, team photographer, mm. and of course he's, he's, to get the England goals, he's behind that goal. So yeah. when Rain scores and comes over, and they start lobbing uh, all of those uh, <laughs> yeah. drinks and stuff, yeah. Eddie's in the firing line. Lovely. He, uh, he said, uh, the stewards did nothing to stop it, my hair needs a wash now, beer shampoo is rubbish, he says. <laughs> so uh, spare a thought for the snappers, who are normally yeah. in the firing line when things like that happen. Talking of photos, uh, when uh, Raheem scored, <laughs> your Moose put up one of his My Friend photos. Honestly, yes. one of the worst ones ever. It's basically a 
photo of Moose trying to shake Raheem's hand as yeah. he's on the run, and he's a blur, Raheem. He's going so fast past him. <laughs> I love, Honestly. There, nothing will ever touch his Pelé Maradona one, where he's <laughs> eavesdropping about a mile away on a conversation of this. Or indeed when Cristiano re-signed for Manchester United. It's, it's Cristiano basically walking past him and looking in his, his, looking in his direction. I mean, that doesn't make them great friends. <laughs> Not really. Maybe if you've got any pictures to uh, to match the moose in terms of you say, oh yeah, I've got a picture with uh, Pele, and basically it's you, and then sort of Pele about two miles away, they're just a speck in the distance. So um, if you've got any pictures to to mirror the moose's finest work, do let us know this afternoon. Talksport.com, text eight to eighty nine three TSH and J. I suppose you know photography on the radio never really comes across, but we'll do our best to bring we'll it to life. Yeah, now uh, we'll put it on the, we'll put it on Twitter. Occasionally we play what's in Andy's bag. The occasional oh, yeah. series where we go down. We're not going to do it today. Don't no, worry. We, play, we go what's in Andy's bag, and normally it's a it's basically a, it's like boots. It's like a branch <laughs> of boots, and I've never had the need to call uh, upon Andy's what's in Andy's bag. Yes. But, but I feel a bit under the weather today, so I thought a couple of paracetamol would only sort of kicked in on my mm. way in. So and I thought I that will help me. And f- you came to the rescue, Andy. Oh, so yeah, for the no. first time ever, <laughs> your mobile apothecary has paid out. Well, so it's good. Thank I, do, you. I do suffer from you minor ailments as we all do yeah, blimey. Uh, there was a lot, a lot of rehydration tablets <laughs> hundreds is. of them you're basically a husk without them <laughs> it's am. amazing yeah <laughs> the uh, talking of Ronaldo uh, I was watching that game the Portugal Island game on, hmm. on Wednesday night yeah. and uh, it, it was an incredible game I was sort of hoping because I'm one of those people that hopes that he won't be a success for United you know I might as well be honest about that's it that's nice well yeah. you know because well, well, it means that the yeah, Chelsea will get beaten you're, you're putting right. your club loyalties that's in the way yeah. yeah. if he'd gone to City if he'd gone anywhere you'd yeah, be feeling like absolutely this, yeah. you know thinking oh I hope he's old and I hope he's bad and he was really poor and I think he's really you know he doesn't look the same player and then he ch- suddenly changed his position yeah and became that central striker it was ridiculous what he did the way he scored those two goals and the last header was like the hang time of the league it was like Jordan it really, Jordan-esque it was incredible um one thing from last night's game uh Sam Matface commentating he mentioned Shalloy and Sorloy yeah uh, but he forgot to mention their cousin who used to play for Northants Malloy that's how, yes. It's a yeah. shame it wasn't their birthday. They're, let's they're be a great honest. family, the Loy family, aren't they? It's good, it's good that they're still out there playing. It's yeah. true, really. Or Saver, his Greek cousin. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, of course. Uh, what a tremendous player he was. Too that r- very tight red... Always seen him in that very tight red shirt. Almost like a second skin. <laughs> of course, absolutely. And uh, I noticed yesterday reading the son that uh, David and Victoria Beckham have kitted out their uh, Oxfordshire home, it says in the sun, yeah. with an... Seven thousand American, seven thousand pound American ice cream machine from fast food giant Wendy's, mm. and a source said Posh hasn't eaten ice cream in about two decades. You don't know that, do you? Because she's so health conscious, it doesn't mean she wouldn't have an ice cream occasionally. And again, but she agreed to get the Wendy's machine. I don't know. <laughs> this person knows this. Packed over from the US because their daughter Harper loves a sweet treat. Can't they just buy her an ice cream? Yeah, they had to buy her an ice what? cream machine. Why wasn't the headline "Child <laughs> Likes Ice Cream"? <laughs> Bear exactly. in woods. <laughs> exactly. Um, so ludicrous. Uh, I, th- I thought of you, Andy, when I saw um, uh, Lewis Hamilton arriving uh, oh, for yeah. the Dutch Grand Prix. Tremendous. Only, I mean, what a turnout! He's <laughs> he's wearing everything is orange. Every item of clothing he is wearing, and knowing he's and none of a, it goes with each other. Yeah. It's fantastic. That's they always the way he dresses. Slightly different shades yeah. of orange. Terrible. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of a long. Where do you find a long orange? 
back at short notice. <laughs> I, mean, no idea. I just, where do you find a complete orange wardrobe? It's it does, a good point. It's orange, gla- orange sunglasses as well. Yeah. It's tremendous. I mean, it? It, it, well, it, it didn't just throw that on, did he? I think. That morning, yeah. It was a brilliant uh, star texter on Lewis. Uh, he, <laughs> these people are barely literate. Funny Al, O-W, Lewis Winger Hamilton only moans when, W-E-N, things don't go his way. Well, he's not going to moan when he's winning, is he, mate? <laughs> it's, not a gra- it's not a great advert for the education system, is it, really? The star texter, really. Andy. Yeah. Uh, I've got no idea why they yeah. do that. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, uh, 25 years or so ago, Harry Pearson, journalist and author, wrote The Far Corner. And yes. uh, he, uh, he he went off and uh, explored the world of northeast football at a time in northeast football was they may say locally in fine fentanyl, but uh, not quite the case uh, any longer, sadly. But he has returned with the father corner, which is out now in paperback. A sentimental return to northeast football, and he joins us now. Good afternoon, Harry. Good afternoon, boys. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's it was a lovely exchange at the beginning of the yeah, book, which kind of great. sums up uh, maybe what you're talking about because there's two old boys chatting uh, on the bus about how terrible their team is, and as you say, it said it's an early after it's early Saturday afternoon, North East England. Which t- team do they support? It hardly mattered, <laughs> uh, because it could be any one of the region's big three. <laughs> Couldn't it really? It certainly could. Yeah, the big three are sort of slightly, suddenly diminished. Mm. <laughs> no, no longer quite so big. Maybe sort of moderate size. The big moderates there should be. Because yeah. if you think of that era when you, I mean, Newcastle under Keegan, of course, that was that sort of era. You know, Borough. Yeah, uh, with, Borough, yeah. yeah, with Brian Robson, who just after that sort of era, lots of big uh, players in the squad. Sunderland were a top side playing in the top division. It's, um, it, yeah, it's not quite happened at a time. Probably, probably everybody felt at that time that it, it was. It was all going places in in the northeast football wise. 
Well, yeah, it certainly did. I mean, when I wrote the Far Corner, it was just, I think at the end of that season when Brian Robson was appointed as manager in Middlesbrough and they, you know, they announced the move to the Riverside Stadium. But even then, you know, if you'd said to me that within whatever it was, you know, five years, they'd signed the Brazilian Footballer of the Year and the Italian who just scored the winning goal in the European Cup finally, mm. I would have thought you were mad. <laughs> um, but, you know, that, those are the things that happen. And so there was that kind of glorious little period, which obviously I didn't write about. <laughs> yeah, there, there was, a, there was so that, pe- that little period then when everything looked to be fantastic. Um, and, and then it's just, it's all kind of, it's all gone sadly wrong since then. But, but predictably so, I think, for any Northeast football fan would more or less expect that. As the guys say, you know, uh, are you going to the game this afternoon? He says, yeah, I'll take my punishment like a man. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. You've delved much more into the lower reaches, haven't you? For, did you find it sort of thriving at that level? Well, that's one of the interesting things. Although the, you know, the top level of northeast football is is struggling, the, the lower divisions, yeah, the, the northern league in particular, is very very strong. Then they've won the the FA Vars regular appearances. The only teams, the northeast teams, that regularly appear at Wembley, you know, teams like teams like North Shields, Dunstan, um, you know, Concert. They're at Hebburn. They've all but they've all appeared at Wembley. Whereas you know, the, obviously, <laughs> the, the big the big three haven't. So yes, I mean, the, the strength of the game at that level is much higher. When I write the far corner. Um, it, 25 years ago, you know, the crowds were generally below 100. Now a lot of the Northern League teams are pulling in four or 500 for every game, mm-hmm. you know, which at that level of football is a, is a lot of people. Um, so, yeah, so they're, so, and they're, so they're really sort of joyous as well. And, the, and, and following those teams, I think, has, has given a lot of people a, a big boost. You know, I was talking to someone at Dunstan who said he'd been a Newcastle season ticket holder for 40 years and he gave up his season ticket uh, went to watch Dunstan and they won the FA Vars at Wembley within a year, you know, so it's like, well, glory yeah, finally. Yeah. Glory <laughs> hunt, indeed, glory hunting. Yeah. Yeah. What made you return to it now, Harry? Because, I'm, mm. you know, the, the Far Corner was a very successful, popular book and I'm sure there's publishers saying, well, why not revisit it 10 years on? But it, 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 why did you wait this long? Um, I think so 25 years seemed like, a, it seemed like a good length of time and also I felt that football... You know, football had changed again immensely. And obviously, you know, in the time since I wrote The Far Corner, you've had, you know, the Premier League, the reorganisation of the Champions League and, you know, the Bosman rulings, the, the influx I've said of foreign players. So all these things had changed immensely. And a lot of those, of course, trickle down into the, into the non-league scene. I mean, the, the arrival of agents, so I was talking to a, a guy who manages one of the Northern League clubs. And he said, oh, even the players at my level are coming in with agents now. He said, I had a guy come in the other week. He said, what are you offering us? I said, you get £50 a week and a fish supper after every home game. And the guy said, the guy said, we want £60. So he said, I said to him, you can have 55 but you're not getting any mushy peas. <laughs> what a great bit of bargaining. Great there. bit of bargaining. The, yeah, so, I, I took in a couple of uh, non-league games when I wasn't able to work and watch Premier League football with my team Spurs and really did enjoy it. And uh, I think that enjoyment, that, that there's a big difference, isn't there? There's a real love of feeling much closer to, uh, I don't know, much not much closer to the club because I don't support these teams particularly, but just closer to the game. I think that's true. And I think there's a kind of warmth and camaraderie about them that's been very noticeable coming back to it. You know, I mean, there hadn't been a Northern League game, I think, for 278 days. And when you came back, you really felt like you were sort of meeting up with your family after after years. Because a lot of these people, you know, I stand and I talk to during with uh, games, practically every club in the Northeast is always someone that I know. But I realise I don't know anything about them apart from standing with them at football. And that's actually quite a nice thing. You don't know about their family, their job. They don't know that about you, you know. And it's actually quite... It's actually quite a nice thing to just keep everything on the level of football sort of witter, really. Yeah. 
It's interesting. So you know, and the store, all the store, all, you know, every time I go to one of these clubs, I hear something, you know, there's always some story. And I was at a club the other day and the guy said that uh, well, the, 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 the next door to it, there's a little paddock with horses in it. And he said, oh, if the ball goes in there, we can't get it because the guy doesn't doesn't want us to, he doesn't let us go in there. And I said, oh, really? He says, oh, yeah, we went in once. And then when we came in for training on the Tuesday, there was hoof prints all over the field because the guy had let his horses on. He thought we'd been in his paddock, so he'd let his horses on our field. So there's always like a funny little thing like that that you hear, you know, and mm. people, are, as I say, people are just so warm and friendly at those at those places. And you really feel, you know, when, when you pay your five pounds at the turnstile, you really feel that's that, that means something, you know, to that club. Uh, you know, when I wrote the book, Dunstan got through to the played Gateshead in a, in a, televised, a televised game in the FA Cup and the money from that FA Cup run. Um, actually, you know, it, pay, it paid for so many ground improvements and would actually keep them going probably for three years. So there's that, you know, there's that aspect of it as well. You feel you feel by paying and going along, you're actually helping. No, it's true. And uh, it's interesting now, just to make the point about Sunderland and Borough have, you know, fallen from the, the high points that they were when you wrote about it originally. Uh, but Newcastle still in the Premier League, but... <laughs> it would have been interesting to see what would have happened. I don't think there's any club in football more ripe or riper for investment than Newcastle. It's such a potentially huge team and it would have been interesting to see what happened if the Saudis had been allowed to buy Newcastle. I mean, not talking about from a moral point of view, but from a... Or anybody coming in with that injection yeah, of cash, I guess. from a football point of view. Well, I mean, yeah, because you sort of saw, you saw mm. that, you know, when, when I wrote <clears> The Far Corner, when, when Kevin Keegan came in, just the excitement that it generates, you can't, it's, it's hard to... Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to quantify. I mean, people were, you know, I was getting my hair cut. When he came back the second time, I was getting my hair cut and someone shut, stuck his head in and said, Keegan's back. And the barber just ran out of the barber's shop and like left me with a kind of, I looked like a kind of, with a kind of filoki haircut. He never came back. I don't know where he went. You know, that's literally, these sort of middle-aged men just became completely hysterical. Yeah. So yeah, if they, you know, if they won anything, I just tried to, I tried, you would, you know, you'd never get a haircut for a month. It's and, true. And finally, so some of the other things going going back to the far corner, your original book, and some of the characters. Uh, one sadly no longer with us, but quite the character because Darlington were in their pomp first time around. Oh yeah, under George Reynolds, um, uh, who I think died earlier this year. But we spoke to George a few times, and he came into chat about his book, the value. former safe breaker turn owner of Darlow. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, he he was, I mean, uh, quite the character. He, he was. I remember being actually in the press box at uh, Darlington when he came and expelled a reporter because because he hadn't liked he didn't like something the man had written, and all the time the guy was and he said I don't want to hear from you. I've heard from you. Get out. Get out. You know I've read that thing you wrote in the Daily Mail. And as the man was finally leaving, having been sent out, we heard him. He could just hear him say, "I work for the Express." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. And you, you went back to Darlington for for the book. You did Darlington Southport because the book kind of is it's, it's kind of through the eyes of all of these games uh, of matches. Well, it is. Yeah, and I mean. Darlington had been interesting here because obviously they're owned by the fans and they're at a difficult point now where the fans who who own the club, the, the thousand, I think they're called, who put money in to support it. Now there's a lot of younger fans who are saying, you know, we need we need to move to the next level. We need investment. And these guys are saying, yeah, we've had investment before and it hasn't exactly worked out, you know. So they're in this sort of that sort of strange balance with football where, 
you want your team to be successful, but at the same time, if you bring in the money to make it successful, it could actually have completely the opposite effect. Yeah. Um, something that something maybe Newcastle need to bear in mind, I guess. Well, it's great fun, uh, Harry. Enjoyed it, yeah. and uh, good to talk to you again. We will catch up with you soon. Thanks very much. Yeah, lovely. Thanks very much, guys. Bye. Uh, Harry Pearson's book, The Father Corner. Uh, is available now in uh, paperback. Yes, cracking. He's got he's got a great ear, so he just picks up on some yeah, yeah, brilliant over, stories and great uh, conversations and anecdotes. It's a lovely book, very funny. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, if you're on social media, a couple of weeks back, something quite odd popped up that got a bit of traction, and it was the Steve Bruce wedding shop. Uh, an array of goods uh, featuring the face of the Newcastle United uh, mm. manager. Uh, uh, covering all your wedding needs, including uh, confetti and other items. <laughs> well, we've been trying to track down the people behind it, and we think we may have done. Uh, Bill Rice uh, is, is is the man responsible, amongst others, uh, and he joins us now. Hello, Bill. Uh, evening, good afternoon, gentlemen. How are we yeah, doing? We're good, thank you. Yeah, we t- we we were quite taken, intrigued, and quite taken with the with the range of goods. Where, so, where did this idea come from? Um, well, it started quite a few years ago, actually. Um, I was at um, a football match. It was QPR versus Hull. Uh, it was early on in the season, so it was very um, hot. And Steve Bruce was on the touchline wearing his uh, wearing a very dapper suit. But because it, it was very hot, his uh, top button had been undone. He was sweating a little bit, as, as we all were. And I remember thinking he looked like the father of a bride at a wedding at about two in the morning. So I think that's where the uh, germ of the idea came from. And it, it just ended up from there. There's a lot of mocked up photos. They're not real, are they? Obviously, Steve at various people. Well, they might wedding. be. Yeah. <laughs> so what, confirm they, look, or can deny. they look very good, though. What weddings? <laughs> what weddings do you have uh, Steve at, uh, Bill? Just just random um, weddings. Quite often, people send send me pictures of their weddings, and they would like me to add Steve Bruce. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's a career for Steve. Um, um, after football, for maybe going to um, weddings, maybe um, maybe um, I should start a commission. I don't know. Like a wedding, just a, a serial yeah, wedding. Elvis guess. Presley's, Priscilla Presley's wedding. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> been quite. So, flummoxed. just talk us through some of the the range of uh, wedding items in the Steve Bruce wedding shop. <laughs> Yes, I mean, this was actually Twitter's idea. They came to me and said they were going to move a shop, but you can get life-size Steve Bruce cutouts, I believe, that can go at your weddings. There's a Steve Bruce um, tie. There's uh, Calm Your Nerves, Steve Bruce chewing gum, um, Steve Bruce confetti. Um, But, yeah, there's a a lot of very witty ideas. Some of them not mine, I'm I'm afraid. They were from Twitter, but they were very, very good. Yeah, Twitter did things like that. He's at Lionel. (laughs) It's it's just normally a theatre of hate, isn't it? It's quite nice. He's doing something that's a bit of fun for a change. The... the, I see him. He's at Lionel Messi's wedding, holding up a banner, which I thought was quite Very nice. Yeah. So uh, I'm trying to get yeah, him to BruceUpYourWedding.com, and I've been blocked. I yes, I noticed. I don't know why we have a problem there. I tried that a little bit earlier on. So. Well, it is, it is very popular. I know some of the uh, some of the items have uh, have sold out because I think they had to do a restock. It was uh, yeah. it was so popular. So uh, yeah, so it's yeah. gone better than you thought. I mean, you did this for a bit. Did you actually think many people were going to buy Steve Bruce confetti? I mean, I suppose if um, you're a Newcastle fan, as the players run out. It's a bit like the old mm. torn-up bits of paper if the Argentinians have, isn't it? It'd be nice to throw a bit of Steve Bruce confetti as the team <laughs> run out, I think. 
Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I never, never quite expected it to, to go this far, to be honest. It was just um, something I did one afternoon to just to amuse myself, and um, it, it kind of went from there, really. Well, we got something else you might want to add to the shop, a little audio file you may be able to sell on, because uh, we have connections, of course, that can oh, yeah. take us to Steve Bruce, and we thought it might be quite nice that if Steve g- gave you kind of an approximation of the wedding ceremony. So, uh, well, have a, have a listen to this, Bill. Okay, son, repeat after me. Here we go. I, Scott, take you, Charlene, to be my lawfully wedded wife, to have and to hold from corners and set pieces mostly from this day forward, for richer, for poorer, depending on what division you're in, in sickness and in health, and those days when you've got a bit of a knock but you still want to play, until death us do part, especially if that death is caused by Eddie Carberry. There we are, a little nod there to Stryker, <laughs> one of Steve's fantastic uh, murder mystery books. That, of course, was our old mate Ian Danter, uh, the, the voice of Steve Very Bruce. Good. And, yeah, but it'd be nice. wouldn't it be nice if Steve did the ceremony for you? Wouldn't it be just come along? Maybe you, can, do you, have to, you, have, you haven't got to get ordained. You can do it as... You can be a lay preacher. Can't, I, it might be quite a nice... Can you think he'd be bothered? I don't think he would I, be. Really. I think I think Steve very much enjoys the other side of the weddings, really the the, the partying, yeah. the, the enjoying, <laughs> yeah. and the mixing. I think I think he's very much that that um, yeah. that side that it, it appeals to him. Yeah. yeah. Well, brilliant. Look, it's, it's sometimes it's the simplest ideas that you have got thirty five thousand people can't be wrong, and they're all there hanging on your every picture with uh, Steve Bruce inserted <laughs> yeah. at a wedding. So, uh, so as we say, it's sometimes it's just all about the idea. So thank you, Bill. Uh, go and check it out, Steve Bruce at weddings. Uh, at Bruce at Wedding and uh, they're all there for you the famous, the infamous uh, just some some lovely moments from People's Weddings featuring Steve Bruce thank you Bill thank you very much guys, have a good day Yeah, we are. and the shop, I believe the shop there's more, they're having to restock because they've sold Uh, I wonder what Steve makes of it all Nonplussed, a bit like you. Bit, a bit, probably like as he was. We understand he, he heard Striker, and at one point we thought we might get him on to have a chat yeah, about we it. We but did I, hear that he was. I think. Well, I think you know. It, it may have been at the time when it's always difficult, isn't it? Because I think he said he would come on, but then maybe Newcastle had a bad game on Saturday, and he didn't want to. Come on, it being seen as Dancy's nose has only a, just recovered. A frivolous chat, <laughs> a frivolous chat. But he, apparently, the word we got back from his connections is that he, he saw the funny side. Yeah, which is, which is definitely him grabbing us by the throat when we see him at the football writers do next year. <laughs> so uh, let's head back to the Oval, drinks. where uh, yes, drinks and uh, a chance to. Uh, look at uh, where England are at. Not well. We, we, we're on a, a good situation now, aren't we? We've we've got a game. Yeah, absolutely. 185 for six here, England. So uh, they trail by just six runs uh, with two batsmen at the crease. Ollie Pope 61. That's the top score for the Test match uh, across both uh, parties. And Moeen Ali, who's 14, not out. And uh, really, uh, India's uh, team selection in sharp focus here today because. Uh, whilst they, they seem to fancy Ravi Shadeja as a batsman, uh, promoting him up the order yesterday, bizarre fashion, um, ahead of Rahane and Punt, um, they don't fancy him as a bowler. He's, uh, he's not been throwing the ball for too many uh, throughout this series, really. And uh, the other change, uh, Shardot Thakur, who uh, really brought India back into this test match with his uh, quick-fire 50 yesterday. But, look, if you're, uh, you're going to be bowling around 78 miles an hour, 
uh, with a ball that's 50 overs old, you've really got to be landing it uh, on, a, on a tuppence, a bit like we see Ollie Robinson do. Uh, Thakur is all over the place, and uh, Moeen Ali has just latched on to a short wide delivery, and he's actually smashed through the covers for four. Uh, somewhat flighty shots against uh, the somewhat quicker Jasprit Bumrah in the over beforehand, though. Uh, Virat Kohli, who had three fielders stationed uh, in the covers, but he'd taken out third slip to do that. Uh, the tempter was there, and Ali, really a nothing kind of shot, and the ball flew at head height through vacant third slip for four. So, look, Ali's taking the attack back to the Indians. It's what we need to see, really. England uh, need a lead on first innings of at least 50, I'd say, and they're looking good to do that now. Pope 61, Ali 14. And this test match continues to entertain. England six behind, they're 185 for six. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Andy, yes, Ali Ross always enjoys it when I uh, comment on his uh, special section in his column, Unexpected Morons in the Bagging Area. This is people who give stupid answers to television quiz shows. Yes. And uh, this week, I'm afraid, I got two out of the three, but there's always one in there. It's, I think, what? See, I don't to, know the answer to that. It's there as an item of ridicule, but <laughs> no. to you, it's like a proper quiz. It is. Uh, on the chase, Bradley Walsh said, what brand of vacuum cleaner shares its name with a predatory fish? And the bloke said Dyson, which is obviously wrong, <laughs> yeah. but... I didn't know the answer. Is it a Hoover? No, what, Hoover the predatory fish? <laughs> what, what is this, predatory, a Disney? What predatory fish is a vacuum cleaner? OK, well, let's work our way back. What's, what, what would you call the most predatory fish? A shark. Uh, there is a, it, believe it or not, it's a vacuum cleaner called shark. Really? Yeah. But oh, it, that's where I went wrong. Oh, that's what it was. <laughs> that's what it was. Your knowledge of vacuum cleaners, not predatory fish. This one was terrific, though, from uh, a bloke on Mastermind, uh, Clive Myrie, said, in February 2021, which member of the British royal family gave birth to a son named August Philip Hawke Brooksbank? And Barbara came up with the answer, the Queen Mother. <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. Fairly sensational since that's, she died about that, 10 that, years ago or something. That's, that's not great, is it, really? Not, not idea. Idea. That is a corker. Well done to Team TalkSport for taking the oh, racing yeah. league title that was very exciting yeah they, brilliant they work third I think going you know Rupert Bell took all the praise but I think Alan Brazil did all the donkey work <laughs> he was the real brains behind the didn't turn up at all apparently <laughs> no absolutely complete I bet he doesn't even know the result he'll be on the show next week <laughs> oh I did so much I was uh, you know I just uh, yeah but anyway yeah well mm. done to uh, Team Talks what they won uh, Rupert Bell oh yeah the winning, good isn't it uh, the winning manager and his brother of course the trainer Michael yeah and uh, that was exciting. And uh, where was I? Oh, yeah, a very good quote from uh, Conor Gallagher. He was talking about uh, being influenced by uh, Patrick Vieira. Mm. And he said uh, he's never actually seen him play. He said, I think I was a couple of years too young to watch him, unfortunately. From videos I've seen, I know he was a top player, box to box, like I like myself to be. <laughs> it's a great expression, isn't it? Well, but, I think why does he just say like I am? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's not he's not there yeah. to you know, he's not there to be erudite. He's no, there to no, play he's football, there, isn't he? Not that he isn't. But, terrific. Um, yeah, that was great. That was a bit talking of odd turns mm. of phrase, this was the good people at the Sun telling us that <laughs> um that pie maker, Pucker, uh, takes on Greg's and uh, Ginster's by launching a range of seven handheld snacks. I'm thinking, we don't eat them with your feet, do you? It's quite an odd... It's, I, I think no, they mean, as opposed to on a plate with a knife and fork. I suppose we don't ever say, well, what you got there? I've got, I've got a handheld snack. You know, it's just... A mobile phone, isn't it? You want to eat a burger with a knife and fork. But some people might. Um, We uh, did ask... Yes, all kicking off in the world of international football. We spoke Mm. to Tim Vickery the other day, and you'll be aware 
that um, certain players have gone to represent South yeah. American teams and um, there seemed to be a deal mm. in place that they wouldn't play the third games. That was, I would imagine, what Tottenham and Aston Villa thought when they sent off their Argentinian contingent to play for Argentina in the World Cup qualifiers. But now, um, apparently, Argentina have said, oh, no, they're playing in all three games. Oh, no. So they will... Um, yes, Can't Scaloni play from September the, the 18th. That's know. right. They'll then have to go into 10 days of isolation. I was thinking last night, you know, there was a lot of chat at half-time about this, you know, early-season international break. And it always comes at the wrong time. It's always annoying. It doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help the best. Why don't they? I was thinking about this. This is so logical. This is a much better idea than Arsene Wenger. They should employ me. <laughs> Why don't they play the first international break at the end of September, last week of September, yeah. last week in October, last week in November? Wouldn't that be a much better idea than at least the, the teams would have played at least five or six league games. The players will be more up to speed. It, you know, you get more... So you're you talking know. about just playing one game in a break? No, I'm talking about the same the same thing. But instead of being at the beginning of the month, you okay. get at the end of the month. So well, well, it's a kind of two week cycle. Isn't it? You'd have to take like the first week of one month. Yeah, the last, last week, week of one September, month. first week of October. Yeah, no, last it's not, week of October, it's not a bad week. idea. It's better I mean, than Arsene Wenger's idea. The way, yeah, Arsene. It's, it's a very good point you made. If Arsene Wenger was still a club manager, he would be not. He would not be suggesting I'm doing a Colin Gallagher there. He like would not be suggesting. <laughs> like what he would not be doing uh, is suggesting yeah. that we have a World Cup every two years That's right. and meaning that players don't get. A, a break, what were European Championships? Uh, a, a break at all, any summer. I don't just, know, he's not embarrassed by that. He can't possibly think. You must have grown up, Arsene, loving World Cups. You love football. The, the whole thing of it was only every four years. You'd see players you didn't even know about. You surely must remember that feeling. Why yeah. would you want it every two years if it wasn't just for money? Yeah. You know, honestly, I'm disappointed in him. Yeah, I am. Not a great idea. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We'll do it all again uh, on Monday, reflecting on the international uh, weekend. Um, so if you can join us, great. If not, the podcast will be available at around 4.30. Have a great weekend. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. 